Welcome to the American Families of Faith Project audio article series. This series is led by Lauren Marks and David Dollahite, co-directors of the American Families of Faith Project at Brigham Young University. Each article has previously been published in various scholarly journals, online magazines, and newspapers. Hello everyone, this is Laura McKeegan with the American Families of Faith Project. Today I'll be reading audio article number 25 titled, Perceptions of Non-Religious Parents. This is a scholarly article that was published in the Journal of Family Issues in March of 2022 and was written by Heather Kelly, Lauren Marks, and David Dollahite. Heather is currently working on her doctoral degree. Over the years, her research has focused on families in various faith communities and the unifying and dividing influence of religion on relationships. Here we go. Perceptions of Non-Religious Parents. Abstract. Although religious intolerance and marginalization still exists today, research suggests that perhaps one of the most marginalized groups is those who report no religion. Through interviews with 31 non-religious couples, we investigated what non-religious parents want religious people to understand about them and their families. Using a team-based approach to qualitative data analysis, we identified three themes related to what our participants wanted religious people to know. One, we are good people, good parents, and not that different from you. Two, religion does not equate with morality. And three, do not judge beliefs. Actions are what matter. We identified an additional theme regarding how they would like to convey these and other matters to religious people that we termed as four. I do or do not want to talk about religion, and here is why. Implications include suggestions and recommendations to increase understanding, tolerance, and respect between religious and non-religious individuals, family members, and groups. Perceptions of Non-Religious Parents The United States of America was founded as a nation that protected and promoted religious freedom for all. However, even with the founding ideals of religious freedom, religious persecution and marginalization has been present throughout U.S. history. Whether it be the long history of anti-Semitism throughout America, early Mormons who faced a state-endorsed extermination order in 1838 Missouri, or the discrimination against Muslims following 9-11. Even more unfortunate is the fact that religious minorities in America still face hate crimes, discrimination, and marginalization today. However, perhaps one of the more overlooked and widespread cases of religious marginalization today may not be directed at a particular religious organization, but rather at those who are not religious. Despite the growing number of people who do not belong to a religious institution or who identify as non-religious, prejudice and discrimination toward non-religious groups remain prevalent in America. The aim of this study is to increase understanding of this growing yet marginalized group through analyzing their own words regarding what they want others to understand about them and their families. Findings The following four themes emerged from our analysis of what non-religious families wanted religious people to understand about them. The first three themes related to specific topics that non-religious families wanted religious people to know about them. One, 
We are good people, good parents, and not that different from you. Two, religion does not equate with morality. Three, do not judge beliefs. Actions are what matter. The final theme, four, I do or do not want to talk about religion and here is why, related to how participants would like to make religious individuals aware of these items and their concerns or hesitations in engaging in these conversations. Each of these themes will be described below with an emphasis on participants' own words. Theme one, we're good people, good parents, and not that different from you. This theme was the most prevalent theme and was addressed at least once in each interview. Further, it was typically the first thing the couples mentioned and appeared to be the most salient message participants wished to convey. Some couples jokingly highlighted some of the dramatic stereotypes they have encountered, with a little hyperbole for good measure. One participant, Jane, stated, quote, We don't drink newborn's blood, end quote. While another participant, Gabriel, said, quote, We don't sacrifice cats that often, end quote. Others took a more serious approach, such as Anne, who wanted religious people to know that. Quote, we're human just like you, end quote. A father named Benjamin similarly stated, quote, we're just trying to live our lives the best way we know how, end quote. A participant named Aaron said, quote, we are just a regular family. We all want what's best for our kids and our communities. I think that there kind of is a misconception that we're sacrificing animals or something and that we're less than human because we're not going to heaven. We are just normal people, people like everybody else, end quote. In this account, Aaron specifically mentioned wanting the best for his children. Several other participants similarly mentioned that they wanted people to know that they took their parenting responsibilities seriously. As she discussed what she would most want religious persons to know, a mother named Isabel said, quote, For me, it would definitely be that you can not only be a good person without God, but you can be a good parent. End quote. A similar account from Jocelyn, who specifically wanted people to know that, quote, As someone who had kids outside of marriage, that's kind of a stinging point for me. I would like for that to not be such a negative. Families can happen in all different kinds of ways, and it just doesn't have to look like a married family. You can still be a family regardless, end quote. Leah similarly wanted others to know that she and her family were not lacking. Quote, I would want to somehow get across that we are all the same. We are just like you. I feel like a lot of times there's a sense from religious people towards non-religious people that we are lacking in some way that our lives are not full and there's something missing, and maybe we don't even know that it's missing. I would want to get across that we're just like you. We're not lacking. We can be good, end quote. As suggested by the occurrence of this concept in all 31 interviews and by the depth of feeling conveyed in many of the participants' accounts, it appears that non-religious families strongly desire religious people to know and understand that their non-religious families are good, strong, normal, and in many ways, no different. We are human just like you. 
Our participants also wanted religious people to know on a more general level that religion is not what makes people moral or immoral people, as discussed in the next theme. Theme 2. Religion does not equate with morality. The theme, religion does not equate with morality, appeared in nearly three-quarters of the interviews. Distinct from the previous theme, that focused primarily on what participants wanted religious people to know specifically about them as individuals or as a family, this theme addressed more overarching assumptions about religion and morality. Sarah said, quote, just because you have a religion doesn't make you more moral than other people, end quote. Another participant, Stuart, conveyed a similar thought saying, quote, I would say in the most brief terms that right and wrong can be found without religion, end quote. One mother extended this thought to parenting saying, quote, before I had kids, people just always said, well, where are you going to get your morals from? Or how do you know right from wrong? And when you're a parent, you just know. Not necessarily how to raise your kids, but how you want them to be good people and that you want them to be compassionate and good kids. I guess that's the one thing that I wish people would understand." End quote. Several participants recounted how they have specifically heard people say that atheists do not have morals. Adam described this by saying, quote, so some people say, well, if you don't have God, what keeps you from raping and killing and pillaging and so on? Well, it's our internal compass and morality. We do the same things as other people. We just have a belief in one less deity than they do, end quote. Another participant, James, addressed morality by saying, quote, there are religious people who think if you're an atheist, you can't be a moral person. And I've heard that. I just want people like that to realize that you don't have to believe in a holy book that was the word of God to be a good moral person, end quote. Jane also expressed ideas regarding the connection between religious texts and morality saying, quote, there's lots of things that you could read into Harry Potter that would give you the same moral outlook as reading the words of Jesus. Christians don't have a monopoly on truth or on what is right, end quote. Although some participants discussed the idea that religious texts are not the only way to find morality, a few expressed a view that some religious texts were essentially immoral. Muriel said, quote, I don't worship Satan. We're not evil people. We have morals, even though some say atheists don't. We just get our morals not from the Bible, because essentially it's somewhat evil. It's pretty scary. They definitely have children's Bibles for a reason. End quote. Then Garrett added, quote, Morality doesn't come from a holy book, it comes from your society and who you are as a person. End quote. Others expressed how they found aspects of religion harmful and even immoral. Angela said, quote, I happen to think fundamentally that Christianity is immoral. Fundamentally, what the beliefs are about how morality works, I fundamentally believe it's immoral. That doesn't mean Christians are immoral, but mostly what they're ascribing to, their faith, isn't actually in their teachings. It's their common human morality imposing itself on the beliefs. The teachings themselves make being a moral person more difficult, and I fundamentally don't respect that set of religious beliefs, even if I respect the individuals as good people. 
I see what they're cherry picking out of it, the stuff that helps them be a good person, and I respect that. And I love them as caring, loving individuals, end quote. As Angela described, while she found Christianity to be immoral, this did not extend to what she thought of all religious individuals themselves. Indeed, separating individuals and their actions from their belief system is an important aspect of the next theme we identified in our data. Theme three, don't judge beliefs, actions are what matter. The theme, don't judge beliefs, actions are what matter, was identified 26 times and in nearly two-thirds of the interviews. One message participants wanted to communicate was that they thought that actions are more important than what people claim to believe. Several participants expressed a hope that religious people would accordingly place value on the actions of non-religious persons, rather than judging them based on their belief or non-belief in God. Tierra described how what others believe didn't matter much to her and her husband. She said, quote, We don't judge other people because they're religious. They think that if you're atheist, you hate everybody that is religious. No, that's not the case. You have religion. That's what you believe in. That's what brings you comfort. I have no issues with that. End quote. After acknowledging how both religious and non-religious people are often judged based on their beliefs, Lynette stated that she did not judge people for being religious and hoped others would not judge her for being non-religious, saying, quote, There is vitriol directed at religious people, as there is for us, but we still see religious people as just people. We still love them just the same, and we understand their beliefs and we accept them. We're fine with it. You do you. Let us do us, end quote. Some participants mentioned that they especially wanted religious persons to avoid making quick or ill-informed judgments. For one couple, one such issue involved religious persons making assumptions about non-believing persons' decisions to leave religion. Hal said, quote, I think the biggest thing is, because a lot of people leave the church in their teenage or young adult years, I think it's often viewed as a rebellious act. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's because they just don't like their parents. They want to do the opposite of their parents. But I think what the truth is, is at that age, you can become very critical and you can actually start having thoughts that aren't completely based off your parents' thoughts. So if I would communicate something to people looking from the outside into this, it is that most of the people I've talked to got there through a path of logic and rationality. It wasn't an emotional affair. It wasn't a... And then Michelle added, It's not just a phase. It's something that you've thought through very well. And Hal said, Yeah, they don't hate their parents. It's not a hateful thing. I've heard people say, Oh, why do you hate God? Or things like that. And it's like, No, you don't hate things you don't believe in. So I would just want them to know that it's not a hatred. End quote. Although Hal, Michelle, and others wanted religious people to avoid making assumptions or judgments about their path to non-belief, another participant, Sam, wanted to let religious people know that he thought how they came to their beliefs was philosophically problematic. He said, quote, I would like religious persons to understand that I'm not against what they believe. I'm against how they came to their beliefs. 
They're preaching that you should believe this because of fallacious reasons, X, Y, and Z. And I'm saying that you should examine those fallacies and then decide whether or not this is really something you should believe, end quote. Other participants mentioned that they did not want people to tell them they were going to hell based on their beliefs. Gary said, quote, People say about atheists all the time, you're going to hell. Why are you judging me? I thought it was God that judges, not you. End quote. Others emphasize the importance of parents teaching their children not to judge other children based on beliefs. Sarah summed this up by saying, quote, Please don't teach your child to be a jerk to mine. End quote. Many participants expressed a range of approaches to beliefs, including, quote, you do you, let us do us, end quote. Or, quote, you should examine your own fallacies, end quote. And, quote, why are you judging me based on my beliefs, end quote. However, a recurring expression from several participants regarding beliefs was the meta-belief that beliefs do not ultimately matter much, but actions do. Nathan expressed this by saying, quote, I really don't care what your religion is as long as you're not an idiot. I mean, if you're a good person, your religion to me doesn't matter, end quote. Teresa expressed a related idea, saying she would like religious people to know, quote, I'm not here to judge you, and I hope you're not here to judge me. That is probably what I would boil it down to. Because my really personal belief is that there are a lot of different types of people, and that really plays more heavily into it than designations like atheist or Catholic or African-American or that kind of a thing. Not that those things don't inform their experience, but that there are sort of zealous jerks who are atheists just like there are zealous jerks who are religious. And there are wonderful, tolerant, inclusive people practicing all different kinds of religions, just like there are those people who don't believe. We should not be here to stand in judgment of each other because I don't think it's helpful. End quote. Gabriel similarly discussed a strong aversion to being judged, saying, quote, We atheists don't like being judged, just like religious people don't like being judged by atheists. But there are the atheists who say, Oh, you're dumb for believing that. And then religious people who say, Well, you're dumb because you're going to go to hell. In the end, we shouldn't judge people based on information that's unprovable. I can't prove that anyone's God is not real. I can't prove that any religion is false. I can pick apart contradictions and inconsistencies in the holy books, but that doesn't prove that it's wrong or not right, or that there's not a chance that Yahweh is hanging up there with Jesus and just waiting for that rapture. I can't prove that's not real, but Christians can't prove it is real, so let's not fight about it, end quote. Gabriel's statement connects with how our non-religious participants reportedly felt about discussing beliefs with religious people. This is the focus of the final identified theme. Theme four, I do or don't want to talk about religion, and here's why. 21 references were identified in this theme from just over half of the interviews. Several non-religious participants wanted religious people to know about their opinions regarding discussing religious beliefs with them. Throughout this theme, however, participants expressed a wide range of opinions regarding talking about religion. Some expressed a willingness to talk about religious beliefs with religious people, 
One couple specifically wanted to let religious people know that it was safe to talk to them about their beliefs, saying, Eric, quote, There's no risk in conversation. I don't care if there's a God or the afterlife. I don't care that you believe that there is. Then Lynette laughingly added, We do care about talking about it with you, though. Eric then continued, It's interesting to get that insight. Like, what makes people tick? I care about who you are, not your bullet points of beliefs. Like, there is a God that follows this religious structure, as read in this piece of text, and these are the rules behind it. I'm interested even then if we're going to talk religion. Okay, how do you interpret that? And Lynette continued, you can talk with us, end quote. Other participants expressed a strong desire to avoid discussing beliefs with religious people, usually for one of two reasons. First, because non-religious persons do not want religious people to try and convert them. Or second, because they did not wish to offend religious people. Angela articulated both of these concerns, saying, quote, I think the main thing I want religious people to know is please don't try to convert me. There's nothing more annoying in life than listening to someone try out arguments that they've been told work with atheists. And they don't really care about me. They're not listening to me. They don't know anything about me. They just think I'm lacking. And then when I point out that what they just told me was not only nonsense but morally bankrupt, they think that I'm evil. They were told this approach would work to convert an atheist and they find out that was completely total nonsense. I'd rather never have a conversation about religion with a person of faith. I really don't want to have those conversations at all, because when they push me to tell them what I think, I'm going to end up insulting them. And I really am pained when I do that, because there's no nice way to tell someone, I think what you believe is crazy. There's no polite way for me to say that, but that's what I think, so don't ask me, end quote. Other non-religious persons seemed more concerned with diplomacy and wanted religious people to know that their personal non-belief was not intended as an attack on the religious beliefs and faith of others. Chloe stated, quote, What I would want religious persons to know is us being non-believers is in no way, shape, or form minimizing their beliefs or disrespecting their beliefs. Sometimes I feel religious people do feel that when someone's like, I don't believe, it's a personal attack. It's not. It's just the way we believe, end quote. In spite of noted variation in participants' levels of desire to discuss religion with others, a desire to avoid deeply offending religious people was consistently expressed. Our participants were not looking for a fight or a confrontation. Another idea that was conveyed was that our participants similarly wanted religious people to respect their beliefs. Mary said, quote, I think that for the most part, I don't feel any need to challenge anyone else's beliefs, but I also want to feel safe in my beliefs and just would ask them to live by the golden rule. Just treat me like you want to be treated. Don't try to influence my beliefs or try to get between me and my physician, end quote. Conclusion Our analysis suggested that non-religious parents primarily want religious people to know that they are good people and that not believing in God or belonging to a religion does not make them immoral. Our participants' salient yet simple message that they are good people suggests that for many Americans, 
it may be a long journey toward deep respect for non-religious individuals and families. This is particularly concerning given the rapidly rising rates of religious disaffiliation and the negative relational impacts of religious heterogamy within families. Recognizing that morality can come from sources other than religion and learning how to discuss religious differences in a constructive way appear to be important steps towards increasing acceptance of and respect between religious and non-religious groups and individuals. Doctors Dave Dollahite and Lauren Marks are both professors in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young University. The American Families of Faith Project shares research-based ideas about ways of making faith come alive in marriage and family life.